Hello and welcome to Game & Watch, the show where we talk about games we've been gaming and movies and TV shows we have been watching. I'm Aaron. And I'm James. And today we are talking about the 1994 direct-to-video animated film, The Return of Jafar, or The Fantabulous Emancipation of One Iago the Parrot. <laughs> this is the first direct-to-video thing we've done. I believe it is. Because Goosebumps um, and... was on TV, Winnie the Pooh was on TV. Uh, this is kind of blurred in terms of being a TV movie and direct-to-video movie, which we'll talk about, but it is officially uh, direct-to-video. So, so not so blurred. <laughs> so maybe actually not blurred <laughs> at all. Uh, and is, in fact, our first, I believe. Yeah, and, and and speaking of firsts, this is also our first experiment with a different format. I'm not going to say new format because we're not going to abandon the old one for some episodes, as we mentioned in our, I think, 99th episode we are going to be kind of playing around with a shorter format for some things, but then we're going to devote a lot of time and attention to certain movies, certain video games that either when we feel inspired to take that extra deep dive and walk through like the plot in detail. Yeah. Or um, projects that kind of demand it demands, you know, bigger, longer episodes. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to distinguish between the two. I mean, I can't think of a good example off the top of my head, but like there are like, some like long RPGs, JRPGs where you could argue it. They deserve the attention, but at the same time going into that fine level of detail could make for quite a long episode. Yeah. Like if we ever do Schindler's list, buckle up. Cause it's going to be a long, is that the second Schindler's list it's reference in, in a row in 2024? Yes, <laughs> we should. Maybe we should just do that next. Yeah. I'd rather not. So how did you first come across this movie? Because I, I found that um, this is a this was a very enjoyable rewatch. And I'll just I shall just leave it at that for now. Uh, so I discovered this video at my cousin's house. Uh, I have two cousins, both boys who are around my age, and I spent a lot of time over there growing up. They had cable, which uh, I did not growing up. So we watched a lot of Disney Channel. I was exposed to uh, a lot of Disney TV series uh, and TV shows. Uh, but I saw Return of Jafar probably when we had a sleepover one night. I can't remember exactly. But I remember kind of right off the bat knowing that it wasn't going to be as high quality as the actual Aladdin. Because even though I was a kid, I knew Return of Jafar did not get a theatrical release. Um, so it's, you know, not <laughs> perhaps going to be on caliber with... <laughs> <laughs> you're smarter uh, than me <laughs> well yeah little aaron was like onto it he kind of knew it was a bit of a cash grab but loved it anyway mm -hmm. uh, i remember watching it and uh just loving like kind of the adventure of it and sorry. the animation uh sorry i just on. i'm just imagining like what like five-year-old you just looking up at your mom being like this is a total cash grab <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, it would have been my aunt at the time. Uh, and, Got it. And yeah, even little Aaron kind of knew like, wait a minute, this wasn't in theaters. Like what's what's kind of going on here? Uh, but I did love the fact that it felt like an actual Disney film. It had the songs, it had the characters, it had all of the voices as far as I was concerned when I was a little kid. Uh, did not find out about the genie until later. Didn't care, apparently. Yeah, didn't care at the time. And this is a movie I had seen, I saw probably maybe like two or three times in my youth. Remember loving it and thinking that it was by far the best Disney sequel that I had ever seen. We'll kind of talk about the Disney sequels in a minute. Um, and then remember having fond memories of it 
when I played Kingdom Hearts 2, when the Aladdin world, the plot oh, yeah. kind of is Return of Jafar. Yep. And just remember it having really warm feelings towards it. So uh, this was an exciting revisit, and uh, I have some thoughts about it. How, so how long has it been since you last watched it? Oh, gosh, probably 20 years, if okay. not more. I'm sorry, I mean, like, you know, between your most recent rewatch in that one. I didn't want to imply that we're attempting to do a movie that you haven't seen in 20 years. <laughs> 20, I'm just really piecing it together from my memories. I No, uh, probably like 25 years, probably not since I was like 10. I feel like it was probably just as long for me unless my younger brothers watched it when they were growing up. But like, that's like in an entire, like, let's say generation. <laughs> it's just like, you know, I'm millennial. They're some of them are Gen Z. I don't know if they cared about this movie at all. We had it on VHS. I don't think we ever had it on DVD. And I can't imagine them watching many VHSs or at least my youngest brothers. But anyway, yeah, I owned this VHS. I do not recall the first time I saw it. I, I have a feeling that this was just bought as a gift. And at this point in my young life, and I, I, I'm guessing it was probably within a year after it came out, um, just put Aladdin in my veins is kind of how I would describe myself. I was oh, absolutely. so into yes. Aladdin. Aladdin was easily my favorite Disney movie. I liked it more than The Lion King. And I think it caught me in like the right moment. Like I, I will say like little James loves the return of a villain. Loved that. I just ate that stuff up and a good villain. And Jafar was always just so such a good, good villain. I mean, Jafar and Scar, were like top tier Disney villains. And like, I'm also thinking like Batman, the animated series, like when Riddler's uh, reform or whatever it's called, like the episode where Riddler is a supposedly reformed, but ends up being up to his like old tricks again. I was like, this is awesome. I love when a villain <laughs> is like, just comes back and wrecks havoc for the hero. And so I, this was extremely alluring to me. I, I didn't know if it was ever in theaters and I certainly could not have possibly fathomed whether this would be a cash grab. Okay, I don't think I conceptualized what a cash grab was. No, I know, I know. It wasn't in theaters. No, no, I know. Just, just, I'm just like, I just like echoing the words you used because it's a funny thing to picture. But like, I mean, I think that still, like cash grab notion aside, I was not as sharp as you were. And I, and what I was trying to remember is, could I, did I know that it wasn't Robin Williams? I feel like I did notice that it was a different sounding voice. And I and I think I recall finding out soon after that that it wasn't him, but not caring because I watched this movie a lot. I don't know if I watched it more than Aladdin, but man, did I watch this movie a lot. And well, yeah, uh, we'll get to it. But um, like part of, I think, the success of this film is that uh, you can watch it a lot because it's really not that long. It is so short. And yeah. I th yeah, I think it probably has been 20, 25 years. If, if I watched it in the interim, I definitely forgot. So you didn't I'm just like sleepwalk and pop in Return to Jafar and just take it in. <laughs> you were completely passed out. No, I, well, maybe. But I found that I took away something very different this time than ever before. I mean, th there was definitely a something I noticed this time that I don't think I'd ever, ever noticed before. And even in I've looked at clips of this movie probably since and I, I just didn't notice it then either. And it was probably my my biggest reaction 
And we'll we'll get into that because it falls into one of our categories. This was a very interesting case uh, for me. We'll kind of get into it later. Um, but of like adult eyes, child eyes. Oh, yeah. Um, and seeing this with adult eyes for the very first time, I was like, whoa, whoa okay. Um, yeah, some different impressions this time. Yeah. And um, I'm assuming we both watched it on Disney Plus or did you? Yes. You just Disney popped Plus. You grabbed your VHS player. Oh, did you couldn't wait. see the the um, notice that how the movie contains insensitive depiction of people's like culture? Culture, yeah. yeah, yeah. I is that in front of Aladdin as well? I haven't watched Aladdin on Disney Plus, so I don't know. I would have to imagine it is, um, just because of their depiction of um, like Middle Eastern culture. Well, and that even... and the genie doing all of his impressions. Well, most of those impressions are just of celebra dead celebrities that children could never possibly get. <laughs> is that not just one of the best things? And, you know, like nowadays, I feel like there's slightly more adult humor in Disney and Pixar films, but like at least with this as an, as an example, I feel like the the genie was like designed for adults. Like kids, it was the perfect idea. Like the genie is the perfect blend of like silly, fast paced, like nonsense and funny sounding, you know, words and sentences. And for adults, they're like, yeah, I know Jack Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> I get that uh, impression. You didn't get the Jack Nicholson impression when you were four. I sure didn't. Yeah, but I probably. did enjoy revisiting this movie or like, or sorry, Aladdin over time and getting those references. And then my dad would eventually explain them to me. And yeah. Um, should we examine how we got here? How did we get here? Should we do a kind of a postmortem on good old return of Jafar? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, this cut was that body open. Yeah. Cut him up. This was the uh, second Disney animated feature film sequel after the rescue rescuers down under, uh, which is actually a personal favorite of mine. I love the rescuers down under. It's a great one. Yeah. We'll have to do it at some, point. that's another movie I haven't seen in like 25 years. Yeah, me too. This would be another good um, kid goggles, adult goggles. Yeah. Uh, this was the first Disney direct-to-video animated feature film. So uh, this kind of kicked off all of Disney's kind of arguably very shitty sequels to pretty much all of its properties. Are you saying The Lion King one and a half is shitty? <laughs> um, you know, I haven't seen it, so I can't say. Um, I've, but... I haven't seen it since the first time, and I think I hated it. I don't have high hopes for Cinderella 3, I'll tell you that. Okay. Um, so after the success of the Little Mermaid TV series, which I never actually watched. Didn't know that existed. Yeah, I never watched it, didn't know it existed, even though uh, I was obsessed and kind of still am obsessed with The Little Mermaid. Uh, I don't think I'll ever seek it out because it will probably ruin it for me. Probably. Uh, but besides that, um, there was also the success of the Disney Afternoon block of TV programming. Do you remember the Disney Afternoon? I did when I watched it at friends' houses because I didn't have cable. Yes, at, at same. At or wait, was house. it on cable? I think it was. Was actually, it on like ABC or something? I think it was on ABC because I watched Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Yeah, actually, I think I did too. And, and I definitely, definitely watched, watched Ducktales. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe. Um. So yeah, shout out to those shows, which are classics. Um, and they wanted an Aladdin show as well. Although I don't really remember ever seeing the actual Aladdin show. I do recall. I think I recall an Aladdin show. I wrote in my notes, Aladdin show question mark, and I wasn't going to bring it up till later. Um, I think so. I'm not going to explain why I had that question in there. It's relevant to something I'm going to say later. 
Uh, well, it, this was commissioned to introduce the series, Return of Jafar. Oh. And originally it was going to be a TV movie, hence kind of the length. Uh, but it was decided to be released as a home video venture. Uh, mainly for money, I assume. And they got some of that. Yeah, because I imagine um, like VHF sales of Aladdin were pretty sky high. But who knows? I, what, I mean, do, don't we know? I guess we could look it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to assume Aladdin did pretty well in the home video market, and that probably led them to release J- Return of Jafar in the home. Well, I would admit, yeah, I'm sure it did. I mean, the, the, anyway. Um, there were two main uh, co-producers on the film. Uh, there are actually a lot of producers. I looked at the credits of this movie because I wanted to be like, who is responsible for this? And uh, there's like tons of writers and producers on it. So I feel like a lot of people had their their fingers in the pie of Return of Jafar. And no, no producer had a better name than, than Tad Stones. Than Tad Stones. Uh, Tad Stones was one of the main co-producers. And he decided to zero in on Iago as one of the focal points of the film. To um, mixed results, I'll say. I'll, I'll hold my thoughts. Perfect. Uh, due to a well-publicized bitter fallout over the use of his voice in the marketing campaign for Aladdin, Robin Williams refused to reprise his role as the genie, uh, and it was instead voiced by Dan Castellaneta. Cast, Castel, how do you say that? Castellaneta, I think. Castellaneta, uh, the voice of Homer Simpson. Uh, and Earthworm Jim. And Earthworm Jim, yes. Uh, I had heard nothing about any kind of fallout. Um, have you heard about this? I have. I I maybe did a Wikipedia deep dive at one point or another, but I did not do it again for this episode. Yeah, I didn't look into it. I didn't realize that had happened. Um, but I don't even think Robin Williams would have come back for a direct-to-video sequel. But nah, unless he got paid. Yeah. Um, the Sultan is voiced by a different actor as well. Who cares? The Sultan. <laughs> I agree. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. Um, do you want to tell us how this was received? Very well. So well, Aladdin must have done well. On one metric, it did well. Uh, grossing more than 300 million? Is that of just of home video sales? Is, am I to understand that metric correctly? Uh, it grossed 300 mil uh, on a budget of 5 million. It's pretty damn good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, critically, mm, probably mixed results, <laughs> as yeah. you were saying. And I, I mean, I, what you said about Iago, like definitely mixed results from like the fan community. I'll hold my personal thoughts. But yeah, I mean, Siskel and Ebert gave it two thumbs up, but it did not do super well among a lot of other critics. Yeah. Uh, I would love to read just a big old list of contrary Siskel and Ebert ratings and to know kind of what movies they did that for. What do you mean? Oh, like movies that they loved that other people hated? Yes. I, I wouldn't be able to tell you both of them, but I I mean, I used to read Ebert all the time. I used to watch clips of Siskel and Ebert, but I, I never really read Siskel's writing. I don't think there's really like a good archive of it currently, but I've read so much of Ebert's writing. And I, it was so enjoyable to see when he liked a movie that no one else did or when he like it's interesting in that like he was kind of he really likes story. But at the same time, he also kind of likes a sexy romp. <laughs> and, and, and he's just so it's so interesting to see when he champions a movie that you would just not expect, even if other people didn't hate it. I, I, I wish I had a good example off the top of my head, but I don't want to 
I'm kind of having a brain fart right now. I don't want to spend time trying to think of one. Perhaps the return of Jafar. Well, I suppose that counts, but I at the same time, I I think there are better examples of like more commercial films. And that was Siskel and Ebert Corner. Yeah. <laughs> what about the sequel? Did you like The uh, King of Thieves? I, you know, I have seen King of Thieves before, but again, it's probably been 25 years. Uh, I remember that also being okay, but I liked Return of Jafar better. And I think I only saw King of Thieves once, but I know for a fact I saw Return of Jafar a couple times. I definitely liked Return of Jafar more. I watched it more. But King of Thieves, I remember really liking. At least the final set piece I thought was quite good. And do you know who's a voice in the King of Thieves? Uh, John Reese davies right? <laughs> I'm thinking even better than that, Aaron. No, do tell. Jerry Orbach. Oh my gosh, I I maybe didn't know that. Your best friend. I'm gonna. I'm watching King of Thieves tonight. <laughs> yeah. So as a result of this success that Return of Jafar had, more studios tried to start making direct-to-video films. With Disney doing that a lot, and well, let's just say I wish they wouldn't have. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I would say it did a lot of damage to their IPs. Um, you know, what do you, what do you think about it? I mean, it just dilutes things, right? Like it's, it's, I remember feeling like I wasted my time with a lot of direct to video stuff for, for Disney, but it's, it was targeted towards kids. So of course I wanted to watch it. I don't know. Did you feel like you wasted your time with a lot of direct to video things? Um, I, I guess not time wasted. I just feel like, uh, you know, it, it, like you said, it dilutes the properties. It kind of ruins a bit of the legacy of some of these films like Bambi, you know, is a classic, but always and forever, the history of Bambi, the Wikipedia page of Bambi will have entries about Bambi two and Bambi three. Like yeah. That's just part of Bambi now, much in the same way. I, never mind. I'm not going to say it. Um, it doesn't have to be. I mean, who, who even gives a shit about Lion King one and a half? Yeah, that's true. Am I making that up? That is the title of the movie, right? That is, yeah. There's a Lion King one and a half. Okay. If I vaguely remember what it's about, I think it's about um, Simba's time with Timon and Pumbaa as he like grows up. Hmm. Hence the one and a half. But then, wouldn't a half mean it takes well, place like it would be sequentially like after? Yeah, it should be Lion King point five. All right, this is important. Um, I think we need to we <laughs> need to look this up. Can you vamp? Yeah, let's vamp. Uh, the Disney legacy, Disney, you know, is not a perfect company, but I do feel like when you just spew out a bunch of direct to video sequels on beloved properties, um, it's insulting to the fans who expect kind of a high caliber of product and hold those characters dear, right? Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, you don't want to see Ariel, you know, in fish school in episode 36 of the Little Mermaid TV show, or at least I don't. <laughs> I don't either. What did you find? I found that there's a Lion King trilogy. (laughs) If if you could believe it. Um, I can. So there's the Lion King. There's the Lion King 2, Simba's Pride. I forgot about that. And then there's Lion King 1 and a half, which came out afterwards. That was 2004. You know what? I think I'm actually thinking of Lion King 2, Simba's Pride that I didn't like. I don't think I ever saw Lion King 1 and a half. If it came out in 2004, I almost certainly didn't watch it. Yeah, well, I don't think we were missing much. Or it is also known as Lion King 3 Hakuna Matata internationally. 
Okay, that's kind of fun. I mean, I, it's just such a weird marketing to to have it be one and a half. Did you know that the plot of it was inspired by Tom Stoppard's Rosencrans and Guildenstern are dead? Um, no. I would love to know how. I do you? I mean, you could watch it. You should watch it tonight. Report back because I won't. <laughs> I will not watch it. It'll be a marathon. King of Thieves, and then and then that. Yeah, we should um we should get back to the task at hand though. Yes, indeed. That was Lion King one and a half corner. Yeah. Um, shall we dive into the the meat, the meat and potatoes of Return of Jafar? Yeah, so here's what we're gonna do. And again, this is this could be in flux. We might change this in as we experiment with, you know, a shorter form of an episode, but we thought maybe the best way to frame this, we're still gonna have our usual segments at the end, but we're going to kind of center our discussion based on what we think works and doesn't work about the movie or the game that we're doing of the week. And it, it kind of made logical sense to do that since we always end up getting to that section and we're always like, yeah, well, we already talked about all that stuff. And so let's just use that. Let's just use it as the way to, to frame the discussion. Yeah, it's a it's a wild experiment, but we'll see how it goes. It's truly wild. We're in a, we're absolute mad scientists with this. We are Oppenheimering like crazy. That, what a great movie! Yeah, have you seen it? Oh yeah, I've seen it. Oh, Need to right. see it again. It's it's even better on rewatch. Yeah. So let I me mean, let's just go through everything that works. Should we start with that, or should we alternate? Yeah, I mean, what what makes this more interesting? What would um, you want to hear? Uh, let's start with what works. Uh, we'll keep people in suspense for what doesn't work. Sure. <laughs> Even though they probably already know. Well, um, and I guess if someone has something in, in what doesn't work, they should just say it. Uh, so I think the the songs work. I enjoy the songs. I enjoy the are music. You, are you out of your mind? No, I, I do. I like the music. Okay. Uh, uh, tell me why, please. Give me a spirited defense of the music. I mean, they're just catchy. I mean, they're not. I don't think they're great. I just, but I like them. I don't dislike them. So it's okay. a, what works for me, you know. I didn't, I didn't hate it. Um, I mean, they're, they're quick. They like they're gone before you know it. And I guess obviously, if there's a weak link, it's the Iago song. Uh, well, he has he has two kind of. Uh oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> he does yeah. forget about love. Forget All about right. love. Yeah. Okay, fine. I guess because there's five songs. There's Arabian Nights, which that doesn't count. Because I'm looking out for me, which is Iago. There's nothing in the world quite like a friend, which I think is a quite lovely song. Again, don't no one jumped down my throat. You or anyone else like I'm not trying to say this is like a whole new world, but it's like it's fine. It's good. Like, you know, come on. It's catchy. And your only second rate isn't bad. OK, fine. You've talked me into just, <laughs> just saying that the songs okay. are average, even though I think it's all right. A couple of them are below average and your only second rate is average. And nothing in the world quite like a friend, I think, is above average. So all in all, it kind of evens out to about average. Well, OK, I'll, I'll go with you this far. I think that part of what makes this movie uh, cool and cool to me as a kid was that it followed all the beats of any regular big Disney film. Right. It has the songs. It has you yeah. know, the, the characters. Things They like come that. quickly, too. They do. Um, and I'll say that uh, the Genie song definitely is the most visually imaginative. Uh, I, I like it quite a bit. Um, some of the kind of visual stuff they do. Um, but you you just Gilbert Gottfried singing is a train wreck. Um, he's he's just not great. Like, I can't imagine uh, them bringing like the dailies of him singing to the studio execs and the execs being like, oh, we got to cut a record of this. Can't wait. 
Um, and Dan Castaneda is fine singing as the genie, I think. Uh huh. Um, but like, yeah, yeah, I'd say they're. I'll level with you that they're average. How about we agree on average? Fine, I'll I'll say average. Some bad, but I'm I'm just gonna say nothing in the world quite like a friend works for me. That's I guess that's really what I mean. I do like that one. Um, it's cute. It's with Aladdin and Jasmine and the genie. And it's kind of the big song he has when he comes back home uh, and talks about, you know, basically that he is friends with Jasmine and Aladdin. Um, it's cute. Yeah, it's cute. It's heartwarming. I like it. So I, I, this is not going to be the last time that you say, are you out of your mind to me in this episode? Okay. I think. can't wait. Because I mean, let me just say how I approach this. I guess maybe this isn't the best way to do it is I kind of just like evaluated a lot of different things about the movie because there's not that many things. It's like a 69 minute movie. Yeah. And I either put things in the works or doesn't work column. There isn't like something I just abstained from. So if I didn't dislike it, I put it in the works column. Oh, I see. Okay. And so maybe you'll be you'll be aghast to hear of this, some of the things I didn't like or sorry, the things that okay. I didn't not like. <laughs> you know what I mean? OK, um, I mean, go ahead and give me one of yours and then I'll, I'll give you one of mine. Uh, I think what works uh, and I touched on that before is kind of the sense of fun and adventure um, and particularly the amount of action uh, in this movie. Yes, uh, it's it's kind of like, uh, you know, not. PC, I guess, but Aladdin's like kind of a boy movie, right? Whereas like Little Mermaid, you would call kind of a girl movie. Mm -hmm. And I know like movies are for everyone and you know whatnot. But as a little boy watching Aladdin, part of what um like drew me to Aladdin, you know, and I love Little Mermaid, but part of what drew me to Aladdin um was the just the like, you know, roguish sense of adventure. And it was like kind of this, you know, yeah. grand story come to life or almost like a video game. Um, and I think this movie has that. I think the opening scene with Abismal um, and Aladdin kind of trouncing him and then riding away, you know, into the sunset on the yeah. carpet, you know, that's big and fun and exciting. And I, I, I think that sense works in this film. I'll add to that with one of the things that I specifically called out. And I think it's relevant is the final sequence works for me. I think it's really exciting the, the set piece of it, like the lava, like Jafar being destroyed oh, yeah. is a really cool animation. I Miyago's sacrifice is effective. So I, and that whole, that whole like thing works for me and it really adds to to the fun. Yeah. Um, something else that I think works is the line work. Like we'll talk about the animation probably uh, at some point, but I think like the still images of this film, like the actual designs of the characters, I think they nail um, like especially like Aladdin's like kind of turns and looks and smiles. Um, like if you freeze frame it, it feels like you're watching the original Aladdin film. Uh, um, disagree. Disagree. Interesting. I, I disagree. Uh, let's wait. <laughs> let's wait. Okay. Yeah. I mean, what else works for you? It's clearly clear where I'm going to go with this, but yeah. So what other things work? Um. I'll save my the best for last of my works. Um, Genie works for me. I I think Dan Castellaneta is good, and I honestly like as much as I dearly love Robin Williams, as much as I love Robin Williams as the Genie, I do not view it as like just a crime that anyone else but Robin Williams is voicing the Genie. So yeah. I, I don't think the Genie belongs to Robin Williams in that way. I mean, he I made anyone's... He, he made the genie famous, and he he defined that character, of course. But it's not a crime for someone else to voice him. I think if anyone's going to do it, I think they made the right choice. Yeah, I, I I think he's fun. Um, he's certainly uh, 
it's kind of like leave me alone, bud. You know, if you're Aladdin, it's like, dude, you're back. You, you got to imagine. Um, <laughs> okay, actually, never mind. Fan fiction. I'm going to overlap with fan fiction. Um, yeah, he's a little much. <laughs> let's just let's just put it like that. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, something else that works uh, in my mind is the length. It's great. 69 minutes it goes yep. by real smooth. Totally agree. I mean, yeah. it's it's it is funny how like Jasmine is livid at Aladdin uh, about Iago, and then it's resolved like five minutes later, like literally oh, yeah. five minutes. And well, I remember as a kid, that seemed way longer. <laughs> we'll talk about Jasmine and Aladdin's relationship uh, in a minute. I <laughs> okay, I love these previews. <laughs> yes. Um, all right, so this is one of the things that you're gonna probably tell me I'm out of my damn mind. Um, again, remember that I'm just I'm not saying. I love it. I'm just saying I think it is more of a work than it doesn't work. I like Iago's stuff. I like his character arc and becoming a good guy. But I get that if you hate Iago and you or and or you hate Gilbert Gottfried's voice, you'll hate this movie a lot. And people do for that reason. I, you know, I was harsh on him, uh, but it's mainly just his singing voice. I, I do think that his arc works. Um, OK, and I, I like where he winds up in the end. Um, but God, Gilbert Gottfried singing, like there's a reason they didn't have him do it in the first one. He's, he's kind of like better than your average, like random friend who go to karaoke with though. <laughs> he really is. I mean, he hits notes, like he hits like the proper notes while, but his voice is kind of grating when he's singing more so than when he's speaking. Yeah. I just, so. interesting. Yeah. That's all I have for what works. Yeah, shall we jump into what doesn't work? <laughs> I only have one thing, but I've got a lot of notes on it. Okay, um, then maybe I'll go first. Sure. Um, Jason Alexander does not work for me. Okay. And here's why. I feel like you need to have a certain level of bombast delivering your lines in a cartoon that uh, is different than the level of bombast delivering your lines in like live action, right? Jason Alexander, very funny person, very explosive, very big personality, especially like playing George Costanza. Um, he's at like an eight here and he yeah. needs to be at like a 10 or an 11. Yeah, he does. Jafar, he does. Jafar is at an 11 at all times. And yeah. Genie's at an 11 at all times. Uh, Jason Alexander seems weirdly subdued. And that's strange to me because from what I remember in The Hunchback of Notre Dame, when he plays that annoying gargoyle, uh, he is kind of an 11. Well, so it's, it's, yeah, we're uh, more closer to an 11. So it's just weird to me that he's kind of limp here. What do you think? I, I, it's funny. I didn't actually have any notes about Abbas Mal as a character, but I, I think that it, it's, it works for what the goal is, you know, like there's so many like grunts and things like in movies, like bad guys who in, in kids movies and stuff that are, they're always just like, kill the villain, kill or kill the good guy, kill him, just go kill him. Go get him. Go get him. Like there's all of that in like in Power Rangers and every like cartoon that we watch with a superhero, you know, everything like that. You just need a character who's got like an intense voice who is just like kill him. And then, like there's just so much like there's so many lines like hurt him, hurt her, hurt them. Like <laughs> it's funny. Get him. Yeah, get him. Like he serves that purpose. And I guess I mean, I don't think the movie would be hurt at all by turning Jason Alexander up to an eleven. I'm not disagreeing with you there. Yeah, obviously he he's not going to compete with Jafar, uh, but I, I just think that. Nor should he? Uh, some, no, 
Uh, but some of his line delivery, especially on things that are supposed to be jokes, I was thinking like, ah, he had to dial that up by like 15% more. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tell me your big, what, what doesn't work. Cause I, I can't stand the suspense. I think the animation is terrible. Yes. It's awful. <laughs> in motion. It's quite I, bad. I think in, and in, in, even in like, there, there are some, like if you did a freeze frame, it's like, okay, that looks like Aladdin. Like the the first movie, but yeah, then the, like the moment line. it starts moving, like it, I, I guess okay. I, I was I was picking apart what you were saying earlier, but I think I I was mis understanding what you were trying to say, and I I guess I would agree, but I just feel like some of like there there's some close ups and some like that just make the characters look worse. Like they some like it's like, it's like they change their facial structure a little bit. There are I'm just gonna go rattle the all these points off. Like there first of all there are a lot of cuts. Like more cuts than in Aladdin. It's kind of like too much, especially during like the opening sequences. There is some bad framing and like staging of shots. Like there are these weird close-ups, sometimes like on the action, and also way too many close-ups on faces, which is very disorienting. And especially when the faces are not as well animated as they are in the original. Um and sometimes I think the fa facial animations are just downright creepy. Miranda and I just kept like commenting <laughs> on that the entire time. Like it just again, it's noticeably noticeably worse animation quality. Seems much more like a TV show. Very obviously direct to video. And then the only other thing that Miranda pointed out um, that I I feel like I noticed, but I didn't think to note it until she mentioned it, is that like the characters, the coloring, like the pale coloring of the characters um, to express like the nighttime, like in the nighttime animation, is also very creepy. When oh. all of like the 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 color goes out of Jasmine's yes. face, you're like, yes. "Oh my god, you vampire!" Um, Edgar did not like that. He turned to me immediately and said, "Why do they all look different now?" And I was yeah. like, "I think it's nighttime." It, uh, it's it's bad. I never ever noticed this as a kid, not at all. You could have told me that the animation was worse in Return to Jafar, and when I was like six years old, I would have told you you were a crazy person. But again, um, we've established that young James was not as bright as young Aaron. Yes, but uh, don't worry. Young James grew up into old James, and old James is uh, is is cynical slick as, and slick, yeah, slick as a castor oil. He is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what else doesn't work for me? What? Jasmine and Aladdin's relationship. Okay. Here's why. I'm, I'm. I think I could probably get on board with this. They're still like brand new to being together. Like the events of Aladdin are seemingly like three weeks ago. Right. It's like it's not. Long. Yeah. But then the genie comes back as if he's been gone for <laughs> yes, years. Forever. And I think the genie has attachment problems. I he think does. he he's he's too. Those are his only friends. And by God, is he going to just spend every waking moment with them? Yes. Um, but also, it's kind of lame to me, th can, you know, carrying that thought along. It's kind of lame to me that Jafar is only locked up in this lamp craving revenge for like a month. Um, you know, I want him to stew for years before he gets this grand revenge. But so, that's yeah, besides the point, when you talk about that reality, it does like less lessen the impact. Like even I think as a kid, I assumed that it was just this like awesome revenge after a bunch of time had passed. But if you've been like, it's been like 14 days, I think even yeah. as a kid, I would have been like, oh, that's lame. Yeah. You know, Uh, <laughs> but. Aladdin pulls the wool over Jasmine's eyes, lies to her face after explicitly saying, that's not what I'm doing, even mm -hmm. though I just did it and told you how sorry I am about it. And Jasmine forgives him immediately after Iago sings this terrible What About Love song. Um, she should dump his ass. 
Like he's proven himself to be a lie to her face person <laughs> like three to five times in a row. You're taking a more extreme approach to this than I am. I actually thought I actually thought that Jasmine was slightly overreacting. She just lied like after telling her literally tells her, hey, I know I lied to you before and like deceived you and I'm so sorry and I won't do it again. He basically says that and then turns around and does it. He does it again, but the the I feel like the the impact of or like the breadth of what he's lying about is is not as intense. Like, I've, okay, so I get that Iago ends up helping Jafar and then redeems himself, but if you don't consider the fact that he help, like is con- going to continue to help Jafar, Iago saved Aladdin's life with the full context. Iago saved Aladdin's life, and he's trying to like help him out. He's just like not ready. He's being an idiot and not telling her about it right away like he should. But I I feel like his heart is kind of more in the right place than outright lying about who you are entirely. So I'm True. I'm gonna like not forgive him for it, but I just I just don't think I, I don't quite agree with you on that. Okay, fair point. Fair point. Uh, one more thing that doesn't work for me. Uh, having Raul, I think is the name of the head guard <laughs> yeah. on staff, even though he takes pretty intense glee in almost murdering Aladdin. Oh yeah. That guy should not be staffed. He, he should not be staffed. He clearly has it out for him. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's what doesn't work for me. How about you? No, I mean, that's it. It's just the animation is all I wrote down. That's I don't like it. Again, like in motion, really rough. But if you freeze frame it, like the actual line work is not. I think depending on where you freeze frame it. Yeah. Obviously, if you freeze frame it during the nighttime sequences, it's not great. It's uncanny. Yeah, it's a little bit uncanny. Um, If we were to make this a video game, what what are you thinking? So it's really hard to just not gravitate to things that already exist. Like, I don't think this exists as a video game. And if it did, maybe it's a Tiger Electronics game. I didn't look it up. But like, you know, you know, again, you know, you know who would know. Yeah, let's get Dave on <laughs> yeah. uh, when um, this is like a I mean, it's hard to not picture like an SNES Sega Genesis era, you know, game. Oh, yeah. But totally. I mean, let's let's try to think outside that box. Um, maybe uh, an Iago life sim game. Okay, well, like, all right. So what's he? What's he doing? Is or just like a, 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 a diver, but with Iago, or just a Iago stealth action, a Ooh. stealth espionage action, where he's got to sneak through Agrabah and then sneak into the castle, and then sneak past Princess Jasmine, and then sneak past the Sultan. Love you it. know, so, so much sneaking, so much sneaking. Maybe like there's one where you have to, where this the Sultan's like trying to like kill you, and you have to like go grab some crackers and drop it into his mouth to distract him. Or what if it's a Telltale game where you have to like use your you know your cunning silver tongue to like manipulate people into doing things for you? <laughs> Can you imagine an entire Telltale, Telltale game, game voiced by Gilbert Gottfried? Oh I couldn't get through Is he it. He dead? Yeah, he's dead. Yeah, he's dead. It's not happening. But, but but Disney probably owns his voice. He'll return AI. AI. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so I don't know what this would look like, but I agree with you. My first thought was just, you know, SNES Genesis 16-bit, you know, 2D platform or whatever. But thinking more about that and thinking about how this is a direct-to-video sequel, I was thinking, what about the Return of Jafar shitty phone game? <laughs> and I don't I don't know what it would look like. You're right. That I mean, it yeah. would... It, yeah, like a temple run. <laughs> Ooh, there I we go. Know. I think 
Temp- I think we did it. Even Temple Run is better than uh, like I would. I could imagine a shitty phone game being like. Do you remember like when you just really wanted phone games, like you oh, wanted yeah. them so badly? I remember like playing like an Aqua Teen Hunger Force phone game on like a really bad phone, like not uh, not a smartphone. Like I, when I think about phone games, I'm thinking about pre-smartphone phone games. Oh, like pre yeah. like iPhone. You know what I mean? Like that was like the golden era of bad phone games. I mean, I guess we could we could argue it's we're still in it. And I'm also unequipped to say this because I don't play phone games anymore and I haven't for a bit. So but yeah, it was just like there was a truly bizarre era of like me, me wanting to play phone games. I think it was just really about the thrill of playing a game on my phone. And I wanted more <laughs> because they did not look good or work very well at all. Oh, my God. No. Um, that's kind of a giant subsection. Well, not giant, I guess, but it's definitely a subsection of gaming like those games, old phone games that they're like gone in the ether there's no like record of them there's no yeah. like, preservation of them whatsoever and we can't do that as an episode then because i'd want to go back no. and explore all the the crazy shit that i had downloaded on my phone like these random random games i couldn't tell you half of them that i had no and it's like they're gone poof yeah yeah um would we want to live in the world of return of jafar no Really, I would. I don't want to. I, I don't care that there. If just because you can live in a world with, where there are genies, I mean, people are bad. People are going to find genies, and That's who knows true. what they want. So I don't want to take that risk. Before, like, to consider the full context of this question in the world of the movie, I've always wondered this, and seeing Return of Jafar made me think of it even more. Like, when does Aladdin take place in the timeline of human history? Oh, let's just say the time of Christ. Okay, (laughs) because everywhere the genie goes, like he goes to, yeah, it's everywhere the genie goes. The genie has very contemporary references. Yeah, he goes to all sorts of modern places, seemingly like when and where is Agrabah? I don't know. I mean, it can't be temporary or or, sorry, contemporary. Yeah. Well, everything is temporary, James. (laughs) All right. (laughs) That's enough. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I wouldn't want to live in this world, so. I would. I think I would because I think it's a, yeah. I think I would. I would find a genie. I would do it. All right. Yeah. Would you though, or would you just like, you know, play um, Theorhythm or whatever it's called on your Switch in a in your Agrabah hotel? <laughs> I guess I'm just assuming get out, you get have out of my head, James. I'm just assuming you have your Switch in this scenario. <laughs> it should be: Would Aaron want to live in the world of this movie or game, and would he have his Switch with him? Because if you had your Switch, you really wouldn't get anything done, would you? No, probably not. Yeah. I I would definitely wouldn't go find a genie if I had my Switch. Yeah, we all we all know that. Yeah, yeah. Fan fiction corner. Um, a lot more fan fiction than I was expecting. Like re- spe- Return of Jafar specific fan fiction. I'm kind of surprised. I am and I am not because I bet out of like all the Disney sequels, this probably has the most eyeballs on it and the most fan fiction about it. Yeah. Yeah. I uh found some funny stuff. I mean, for one, I found a Sonic crossover. Not surprising. I mean, it's it's kind of lame though. It's just like basically the entire script of the movie or like a narrative of the movie, but Jafar is infinite, who is apparently someone from Sonic Forces. You would know I wouldn't. Um, I sure do. Iago is Jet, and Aladdin is obviously Sonic. Obviously. There's a Danny Phantom crossover. And oh, someone... that was the one I had. Okay, well, let's talk more about that then, because apparently this guy also did an Aladdin Danny Phantom version. I 
this whole Danny Phantom stuff goes right over my head. I feel like I stopped watching like kids cartoons before Danny Phantom came out. Yeah, I don't know anything about Danny Phantom, but the author's note says, well, here it is, everyone. The sequel to Aladdin, Danny Phantom version, <laughs> The Return of Jafar. He follows that up by saying, I don't own Danny Phantom. Just, like, just the whelp so, is like, we've all been waiting for this. You've all yeah, been waiting like, and here it is. We're all chomping at the bit. However, I will give this fan fiction credit because they do complete the entire film. It is 12 chapters and they do go yeah. through everything. There were a couple things that they did the entire movie. Granted, it's an easier movie to do because it's short, but just like uh, someone did uh, the sexy return of Jafar. <laughs> Which is just Return of Jafar. It's not even really Return of Jafar. It's like Kingdom Hearts meets Return of Jafar meets Jasmine and Jafar have sex. No, thank you. Uh, so it sounds like the author, what they really had in mind was just that last part. I, I, well, obviously. Yeah. Um, Return of Jafar, somebody did something that I, it's like a, a subgenre of fan fiction that I actually feel like I haven't seen in a while, but I had almost forgotten it existed until I saw this, which is really just retell the movie but add a character where you just kind of envision that to be yourself interesting have you seen that like some of these some they'll do the, like they'll do like yn or or they'll like put your name here or something like that or they'll have some other way of representing representing it and they'll just shoehorn an additional character into the story or into a story in general so it's not always a retelling and it's just like a way of like you envisioning yourself or like your avatar in the movie. So it'll say like, oh, hey, YN. And yeah. reading in your head, you're supposed to be like, oh, hey, Aaron. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. That's a whole other level yeah. of like fan fiction self-insertion that I am. Yeah, that's all that I'm you're here for. <laughs> I'm not here for it. Oh, okay. I will not begrudge anyone that is here for it, but I'm not here for it personally. Okay. Well, I'm here for <laughs> this really bizarre as I don't always like to read fan fiction like verbatim because sometimes people just are absolutely horrible writers, but I feel like this one's short enough, or at least the excerpt I'm going to read is short enough that I'm gonna and I'm gonna read it with the spelling errors as well. Oh, please. Um, so this is called Return of Jafar, a different ending. And like there's no colon, it's just Return of Jafar, capital A, uh <laughs> we're just different we're ending. Watching. Yeah. Yeah. And let me just say to, to preface what I'm about to to read. What happens before this? Aladdin just gets the axe like multiple times, several swings of the axe until he dies. Is what the story says, and Jasmine is then force fed two different bottles, and Jafar then says this phrase to her. Wait, what do you what do you mean for like bottles of what? I don't know. <laughs> Jafar just says. Now you are immortal and you will be healthily and young until the end of the universe. And you will be here for that. What a waste of a life, but it is what you deserve. You spoil brat. Ouch. Okay. Okay. All right, that's my, I'm prefacing with that just disaster of a sentence. All right. So here's the next paragraph, next couple. And I'll just read to the end of the, to the fan fiction. Later, Jafar summons creatures to kill the palace, the, the place guards. Sorry. See, I'm just reading the right words when the wrong <laughs> words are clearly written. Later, Jafar summons creatures to kill the place guards and takes over Agrabah. Agrabah, Agrabah spelled correctly, I should note. Then Abismal holds Jafar's lamp and says, Jafar, you are free. 
Then Jafar orders his creatures to kill Abismal's gang followers. Abismal then says angry, we have a deal. Or no, we <laughs> we had a deal. Then Jafar says laughing, that was before. Here is a new deal. I rule alone. <laughs> <laughs> then Jafar, Jafar. Th- this is all like one run on sentence, by the way. I'm just I'm, I'm trying to add a little bit more while trying to convey how poorly written it is Absolutely. at the same time. Um, then Jafar says to his creatures, take him and come with me. The creatures grab Abismal and they all go to Abismal Lair. <laughs> First, <laughs> Lair spelled L-A-Y-E-R. First, Jafar frees Iago and then he brings Abismal to Jasmine and chains and locks Abismal to the wall next to Jasmine. Jafar says to his creatures, don't forget the chain balls. <laughs> then Jafar gives Abismal two different bottles. <laughs> Again, why? <laughs> and casts a spell on him. And says, now you are immortal and you will be healthily and young until the end of the universe. <laughs> and then Jafar says, oh, I almost forgot to mention, Iago is now the governor of Agrabah. Okay. Oh, it, it almost slipped my mind. <laughs> yeah. In case you were wondering. Uh, so you two just sit there and think about it. <laughs> uh, then they all leave and Jafar seals the bottom layer up and buries Abismal's lair underneath the, under the sand, only leaving air vents. <laughs> That's such a funny detail that he left, so left some air vents. Yeah. Thank God. In Abismal's lair, Abismal says, I can't believe it. Jafar betrayed me like that. Jasmine says, Jafar is evil and evil does not share power. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very, that's very wise of you, Jasmine. <laughs> yeah. Um, Abismal then shacks his chains and says, my arms are tied or, or sorry, are tried. <laughs> Jasmine says, I always I already tried that and it does not work. One year later, Agrabah is now an empire controlling the seven deserts and half of the Arab lands. The seven deserts, okay. <laughs> that's the There's end. so much lore that's now implied. <laughs> yeah. I just want to know why the two bottles. I also want, there's there's like a Dark Souls level to, of lore to that fan fiction that we do not have access to. Yeah, and so thanks for sticking around for, for that. That was incredible. Um, as you kept reading his name, it made me uh, remember that as a child, I never understood that Abbas Mal's name was a pun until I watched it last night. As oh, I yeah, I didn't know it either until I just yeah. read his name for the first time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if you're writing Aladdin Return of Jafar fan fiction, what what is your story? So I hinted at it before, but Genie is a real buzzkill and a real cockblock, yeah. and yeah. so I, I envisioned like Genie just not being able to take the hint. And having Aladdin and Jasmine have these conversations behind like closed doors, but except Genie like turns turns into a bug and overhears them, and then obviously Genie barges in while they're having sex because he has no concept of that whatsoever. Like he's not like it's not even like I, I don't think Genie knows what that is, and so it's not like he's like I want to watch these two. It's kind of like he just has no yeah no concept of boundaries whatsoever. Like Daddy, why are you hugging Mommy on the bed? Yeah. And so then they end up conspiring with Jafar to, or they use a wish to kill Genie. But you know, he says he can't um, kill people. They'll find well, a way. Yeah, well, loop, well, no, it says he can't kill people, but he's a genie. So oh, right. Presumably so he could kill Genie. So there you go. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about Abbas Maul being kind of a lame person to find Jafar's lamp. And I was thinking, what if like, like the symbiote finds Cletus Cassidy, the serial killer. Oh my! And he becomes Carnage. What if like a complete sociopath serial murderer found the lamp, and like he and Jafar just went on like this horrific <laughs> tear across Agrabah? 
I like that. I also just kind of am here for the the Spider Man symbiote saga Aladdin crossover, where Aladdin Ooh. finds the genie and the genie like is a really bad influence on him, and then eventually Aladdin gets rid of the lamp, and then maybe either the genie is found by Cletus Cassidy or like someone really evil or Jafar is found by them. And, you know, I don't know, like the Aladdin has to like battle psycho killer Cletus Cassidy and, and his psycho killer genie. Yeah. I mean, they're all owned by Disney now, so they could make it happen. They could. What are they waiting for? Yeah. If, if you want to make a direct video, do that. Come on. Yeah. 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 I think this warrants fan fiction though. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I like Return of Jafar specifically, like the entire Aladdin yeah. canon does. But I feel like Return of Jafar, there's enough like like moving parts to play around with that you could have your own fun. With. Though I wonder if I'm saying that because the, the sheer wealth of fan fiction that I found almost kind of convinced me that it deserves to exist. It, it so like, like by nature it, of its own existence, warranting its own existence. Yeah. OK, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, that's what we do, right? I mean that yeah. <laughs> we justify our own existence by existing. Wow, I didn't realize that you were also this podcast's therapist. I thought, oh yeah, I thought you were talking about us in the capacity of this podcast. Like we keep like desperately trying to justify our own existence. No, I meant like humans. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. That sounds a lot better. I took that yeah. to a weird place. Yeah. Uh and I believe that was Return of Jafar. It sure was. Yeah. Um, what have you been up to this week? Video gaming, I haven't really been doing much at all. I've been reading more One Piece, as I mentioned. Um, I so I watched, I rewatched three or sorry, four Quentin Tarantino movies. Wow! And okay. yeah, I'm trying to like, I, I'm kind of redoing my ranking of the movies. I, I and here's what I'm gonna say. Um, so I rewatched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I ended up something just clicked with me for the first time in a while. Um. And I forgot if I mentioned that during our last episode, so I apologize if I did. But that I'll say that's a that's a closer to the top tier for me now. It's not in the top tier, but it's closer. Um, Django Unchained is actually probably my least favorite Tarantino movie now. It's a tough. It's a tough okay. rewatch. Um, huh. It's it's still a good movie. It's just a really hard movie to rewatch. And very closely behind that is Hateful Eight, which I also rewatched. I have not seen Hateful Eight. In addition to those, I would really be curious to hear what you think of it. It's kind of just like a stage play, which yeah, is it's something like, it's I like, like about it. It's like a bottle episode. Kind Exa- of, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then I also watched All of Us Strangers, which is a movie that Matt, our guest last week, saw and loved. I think he mentioned he saw it last week. And I, I absolutely um, adored it for the most part. It was a movie. I hate when this happens. It's kind of like you're watching a movie and you're like, this is... An, an incredible movie and one of the best I've seen this year, if not the best. And then it does something that just shits the bed for you. Like, I wouldn't say the movie oh. is objectively bad. It just did some things that worked for a lot of people that did not work at all for me. Gotcha. And so I, I was really bummed out by that, but I would still all in all, it is a great movie and I recommend seeing it. Okay. Uh, Edgar and I have been on a bit of a documentary kick lately. Uh, Starting with The Curious Case of Natalia Grace. <laughs> Which you gave your full to... elevator pitch for. Oh, yeah. Last Everyone week. Everyone should see it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it got us talking with coworkers and friends about documentaries that they watch and like. And so we recommended the documentary Take Care of Maya, which is on Netflix. Okay. Um, it's about, I, I won't say too much about it, but it has to do with um, 
families that are accused of abuse after taking their children into ERs um, and kind of the tension wow. between uh, families like who know Munchausen by proxy. All, all sorts of things. So, you know, families that know their kids very well and kids that might have very specialized medical needs and ER doctors kind of not really understanding that and kind of interpreting different things as abuse. That is oh, I, I see. Sorry, I thought you were meant, meant like abused by their parents. Well, yes, that like oh, I thought you were like, saying abused by doctors. No, abused by parents. Oh, okay. Abused by parents. Um, so it's it's kind of a bummer, but it it shines a light on something that is kind of definitely a problem going on. Hmm. Um, and highly recommend again on Netflix. Uh, we also started watching a true crime documentary series called Evil Lives Here, um, which is very sensationalistic uh, and kind of like dialed up to an eleven, but it's fun. And in terms of video games, still plugging along away with um, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, and the more I play it, the more I'm getting excited to finish it and to eventually play Reaper. You're excited for that Grinch cameo? You know, I, I heard that the, there was special Grinch DLC and that the reason he's green is because of all the Mako that he's infused with. Also, <laughs> the reason he's so grumpy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I can't wait for that. Yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. Yeah. Eat a dick, Abbas Mal.